Welcome to the third episode of Airship Travelogues. I'm Noah, and my co-host here is Mark. Correct me if I'm wrong, Noah, but if I kill the golfers, they'll put me in jail and throw away the key. The golfers? No, not the golfers. The gophers. The gophers. <laughs> yeah, you you probably want to leave the gophers alone. Okay. <laughs> and our our special guest in this episode is Doug Perry. Hello. He's already having second thoughts. <laughs> yeah. He's like, what did I get into? <laughs> Doug is currently the editorial director for the video game segment of Metacafe, which is a huge video website that I'm sure pretty much everybody who's listening to the show has heard of. And prior to that, he has worked as a consultant for many well-known video game developers and publishers, done lots of columnist action, worked at Future US. But if if you uh, grew up around the same time that I did, you may remember Doug from many years ago as a managing editor of Next Generation Magazine and then moved into being ultimately editor-in-chief at IGN. And wow. as a kid, I remember when I, I first I subscribed to Next Generation pretty as soon as I could. <laughs> and I remember thinking like, wow, this Doug guy's a really good writer. And then I finally discovered the internet, and I'm like, is this the same duck guy from the magazine? <laughs> and it's like I was checking out IGN because they had a, a lot of scoops and, and exclusives, of course, and also because Pierre, the founder of Nintendojo, went over to IGN. Of course, we want to see what he's doing over there. But honestly, it was like I was always excited to read <laughs> Doug's articles. I'm like, Doug wrote this review. Doug wrote this story. So that's probably creepy since he's just met me tonight. But I will leave it at that and just say that I'm a great ad admirer, Doug, of your of your writing and your work. And it's really cool to have you on the show. Well, thank you. That was a very generous introduction, and I'm glad that somebody wrote read that stuff that I wrote. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems like um, I've been writing about video games for about 1,800 years. <laughs> it really was only 17 years, but I guess that's a long time in the video game industry. Yeah, it is. So it's, I'm excited to be um, on this show with you guys, and I'm looking forward to these uh, very hard-hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're kind of doing a video game generational report card in this episode, and Mark has cooked up a series of five questions where we will express some very strong and perhaps unqualified or perhaps very qualified opinions about the three console manufacturers and their successes and failures in this last generation. And it, feel free to chime in with your own feedback. Send in, if you want if you want to take the email route, send it in to airship at nintendojo.com, or you can leave some comments over on the website uh, on the page that we post this episode on. So, Mark, since you are the creator of these questions, how about you kick us off here on this series? Absolutely. But before I do, I just wanted to say, Noah, it's it's so funny that you gave that very lengthy introduction because I'm not sure if you remember this dog. It was all of last year, which probably is like, what, 17 years in game time. When you and I first started talking, the first thing I did was, oh, my God, you're you're the guy from Next Gen. Oh, my God, that's the American Club <laughs> 2. Oh, my God. So, Man, I loved a Next Gen magazine. Yeah, I was so sad when that thing got canceled. Yeah, it was a great magazine. It was beautiful. It had wonderful paper. It was a different yeah. size. It was super stylish. It was essentially a 
a Xerox of Edge with a North American tone, but yeah. I really, I really did something different in video game journalism, which wasn't even a phrase back then. Yeah. It was to to sort of cut through all the hype and just create a magazine that was something you could be proud of showing in your house and not hide when your friends came over. And I do seriously, you know, look at Game Pro at that time and Game Van at the time and, you know, I'm not trying to say anything bad about them, but it was the exact opposite of those mags. Yeah. And, uh, definitely because, because they were like, woo, yeah, check out this screenshot. Awesome. I love <laughs> Japanese girls. And then, you know, Edge and Next Gen came out and they're like, here's a seven page interview with Chip Hawkins. And it was very serious and it was very in depth and it was very industry related, but, um, it was definitely something that people wanted. And and just as you just so you know, uh, even though Next Generation Magazine got canned here in the states, Edge is still going strong in, um, yeah. in specifically in the UK. But it is probably one of the biggest um, subscription magazines that Future has in the U.S. In other words, the subscription rate for Edge in the U.S. is huge. I didn't know that. That's funny. Yeah, they they. They're they're gangbusters here in the states. Everyone wants that magazine. It's kind of funny. I have a buddy who writes for them. I should uh, give him a hard time about it now. Yeah, <laughs> you should give him a hard time because they're so critical of everything. <laughs> I'll tell him to be more use more exclamation points and be happier about screenshots. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, Noah, maybe we should re um, retitle this this podcast. It'll be all about uh, Next Gen Magazine for an hour. We'll go for twice as long. Anyway. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, I <laughs> Poor Doug. He's having the uh, triple like, thoughts. I'm trapped in the past. <laughs> Let's move on to 1999. <laughs> oh, Dreamcast. Let's definitely talk about that. <laughs> anyway, um, I have this funny little um, award that I, that I have just in my own head. And I always kind of go through every generation. I call it the most innovative award. And um, when Sony first came out back in 95, they definitely, the, for, the first PlayStation, they definitely innovated the most, I think, and moved the, the industry the most forward that particular generation. The N64 was great, obviously, but Sony really pushed it forward. And then Microsoft did it with the Xbox. Now, which company do you guys think has pushed the envelope the most this current generation? So my question for you is, um, are you talking about uh, you're talking about hardware, limited hardware, uh, services, and um, design, everything? What, what, what's your question? Uh, hardware, hardware. game roster, uh, advertising, because Sony, obviously, uh, they're the ones who really pushed for the 18-year-old the and above demographic. Um, online feature sets, everything. Okay. The whole thing. Okay. Um, well... Uh, it, it's an interesting question, and I thought about it, wrote some notes on it. M my first thoughts are that, uh, you know, Xbox 360 came out before the PlayStation 3 and Wii, and um, it, it kind of defined what the next generation was going to be with HD graphics um, and, and online services and online play. It was really focused on those things. And uh, I remember Microsoft specifically saying this is what the next generation is like we're going to define it and one of the coolest things i thought that microsoft did when they first came out was create xbox live 
this whole econ, you know, econ universe where you could go in, there's a marketplace, you could buy things, you could check out videos. I'm not crazy about dressing an avatar in virtual clothes. <laughs> Seems really popular right now. Um, obviously, people thought horse armor was kind of a horrible, you know, golden <laughs> horse armor was pretty awful. But I mean, XBLA was a great idea and, and you know, a regular dedicated service. So I, I, I give Microsoft a lot of credit for making the, the services work really well and creating, um, basically create it, you know, giving, they created a, a space where the 2D game could come back to life and indie games could come to life. Um, so I don't know if you want to respond to that or just tell me I'm full of crap. <laughs> well, I'll do both. How about that? Okay. No, I absolutely agree. Xbox Live is amazing. Um, I think even working Facebook and Twitter, I mean, I've never once used that in Xbox Live, but just they're the ones who thought of offering that, and that to me has a certain sort of brilliance to it, I would venture to say. Noah? <laughs> Mark is obviously setting himself up to go last. <laughs> to imply that his opinion is the correct opinion. Well, but... I can tell you, I think Microsoft has made a lot of mistakes. So I want to save the mistakes for later. Yeah. All right. So I, I went back and forth on this quite a bit, and it was between Nintendo and Microsoft. And for me, I think the console manufacturer that innovated the most was Nintendo because everything else that Sony and Microsoft have done are reactionary or evolutionary, whereas Nintendo took a really big risk and threw out a totally different control scheme, threw out the idea of avatars and really simple casual gameplay and with, uh, with Wii Sports and stuff like that, and actually succeeded. And to grow the market as much as it did, whether or not that market's going to still be around in another couple of years, but to have done that was just really impressive and truly the hallmark for me of innovation. Now, as for which company innovated or or was the best, and I, I know this is not a word, so help me if you know the correct vocabulary word, the best evolver, I think, was Microsoft in that Microsoft had a really great offering with Xbox Live, I, I definitely agree with Doug, and that was one of the main reasons that I was kind of considering them. I also think that Connect was a really good business decision. It's not wholly their own. They bought something and then uh, polished it up. But everything that they've done, I mean, they've even reinvented their console's operating system three times or, or at least twice. Mm -hmm. And it's just like they've really worked to make the system seem fresh and with the times year in and year out and done so in a, in a in a smart way that's given them a lot of success, which I don't feel that Nintendo has done. But in terms of strict innovation, I definitely would choose Nintendo. So, so I I I think that's a good a distinction that you made between um, innovation and evolution. And certainly, Xbox Live was an um, evolution of Dreamcast Online, which mm -hmm. was an evolution of you know people playing. Doom online on the PC. Um, so it isn't anything new per se, but what they expanded and what they imagined was much greater than previous iterations. I think the Wii is a really difficult system to 
to um, to celebrate in, in this area because uh, you because I I do think that they created something completely different than any like any other console like you know Microsoft's goal was to kick Sony's ass and Sony was like we've got this great hardware and everything will be fine and they were super arrogant just like Mark said in his article um, and it's just they still are um, and Nintendo was like ah, gee you know. We're not finding what we want here. Let's do something totally different and make a system that we're happy with. And, you know, using this sort of perfect Nintendo slogan, which is, you know, use available hardware and, 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 and make it, you know, but not necessarily, you know, break some technological barriers, but just use, use available hardware and sell it at a easily viable price. And the Wii is totally different. Like, I remember people saying, I'm going to finally be able to play Madden with my son. It's so great. And, you know, <laughs> you know, people just flocking to the system. My brother is a total PC guy. There's two kids. He bought the Wii, and he's like, I want to get some shooters on the system. And I'm like, well, you didn't really get the right system for that. <laughs> and, you know, and my friend's playing, like, Devil May Cry. Uh, or was it, sorry, um, uh, was it Devil May Cry? Oh, it was a Metroid, the last Metroid. And, Metroid Prime, yeah. Yeah, and my stepson playing that, and he was like, I, you know, I want to play this game. I love this series, but this fucking control, sorry, the fucking controller <laughs> is driving me nuts, right? And, like, I, you know, the, the, the controller itself really is the thing that changed everyone's mind and made it so accessible and opened up the market that was, you know, needed to be opened, right? I mean, Nintendo is bold and brave and is willing to go its own, follow its own path. So I, I really feel like Nintendo, you know, follows the, its, its own drummer. But look at the Wii now. Like, I mean, the third-party support stinks. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, like, Just Dance, whatever, 17 is, you know, is the best-selling. <laughs> yeah, woohoo. Game. <laughs> and, uh, and they're already, like, you know, I'm looking forward to this last Zelda, but you know, I don't, I don't want to play with that Wii controller, and I feel like I don't want to say that it was a gimmick because I don't think that's entirely true. I think it was a really interesting move and and showed a lot of people. You know, I mean, the first three years, first four years of the Wii sales just blew everybody away. You know, yep. I mean, Mario Kart with a driving steering wheel was killed everybody i mean the um the we fit actually the we fit was a pretty amazing piece of software right mm -hmm. like and that was like hey fat americans check this out you can play video games and <laughs> like that was what everyone wanted they were really sort of making the right hardware and putting it in the right market but i mean look at it now like look what the Wii is doing now like i don't know how many people are playing games in the Wii. most people that i know who bought Wiis aren't yeah, so they've moved on. I have to weigh that in there and say that was really innovative, but like it it didn't last that long. And I think that the novelty has shown that, you know, the software and the, the, the hardware was weak because it just wasn't as it, you know, it didn't produce graphics and services as, as high as as the Xbox or Six and PS3. Yeah. And, and then the software really didn't come through. Uh, unfortunately, and you know, always Nintendo's always does. 
right? They always do. They always sell gangbusters with their first party stuff, but the third party stuff doesn't. So I I would say it's hard to Sorry. give them. We're leaving. Okay. You know the setup the alarm. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm at work and they're telling me to set the alarms. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard to. Um, to give them full, like, you know, here's the grand prize award before innovation because I think they sort of went there and then they falter. Yeah. But to their credit, if their idea was completely bogus, we wouldn't have had Microsoft and Sony basically try to emulate the exact same thing in their own ways. True. True. But also, like you're saying, Microsoft and Sony weren't dependent on the success of their emulations for their for their hardware to still succeed, right? You know, everything for me. Just ask my wife; she always makes fun of me for this. Everything to me always comes back down to Star Wars, and I kind of think of the Wii in a weird way as Darth Maul. <laughs> when you first see him, it's this really flashy, interesting, hopping around guy with a double bladed lightsaber. Oh my God, is that the coolest thing in the world? He lasts for all of about five or ten minutes, has what one line of dialogue, and then he's gone. And that, to me, pretty much sums up the Wii. It's a really cool concept underneath the Christmas tree, but then once you get it and you start spending time with it, you just kind of put it back in the corner, and unfortunately, that's that. It's but the, you guys make it sound like the system only was around for a year and then Nintendo <laughs> shut down, which is not the case. <laughs> I didn't say that. I didn't say that. That's right. You didn't, Doug. You mentioned that there was like three <laughs> or four years of decent sales. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, honestly, Nintendo came out and kicked everyone's asses, right? Shockingly, like lower yeah. powered system, and they just at least in sales, at least in sales, and at least in terms of being, you know, and, and like you said, I think innovative, right? Yeah. But, but then, like you know, genuinely successful all the way through. No. Yeah, and and also, I remember going to some E three announcements and going there and feeling like this system wasn't designed for me at all. It was designed for my grandma. <laughs> and it was so true. my grandma and i was like oh you know that why did i go why should you know why should i be interested in this thing yeah because reggie says so no <laughs> I'm, I'm curious doug when you saw the wii u announcements how did you feel what was the response that you had personally <laughs> so so i love nintendo you know i i started the n64 site and i will always defend nintendo but also they're the easiest to criticize, I think. Um, so when I saw it, I was like, great. I, I think that's a great idea. And I'm super glad there's all this third-party support. Um, I find it fascinating that Nintendo was like, this is going to be great for your grandparents. And, you know, here's the Wii. And it's great for your kids, your parents. It's marketed to all these people who aren't hardcore gamers. And that was their whole strategy. And it worked. And now they're like, forget all that, kids. We want to be hardcore. <laughs> Check out our hardcore system. Isn't it awesome? Look at EA guys are here. Ubisoft loves us. We're hardcore Nintendo. We want all your hardcore guys back. And I'm like, I, I'm confused. What, yeah. what do you guys want to do again? They're like, I mean, the hardware, it looks cool. I think, I think it's going to be really neat. I, I don't have anything, um, you know, like it's one of those things where I, I played it. It was, it was pretty cool. I like some of the – I certainly like the idea that you can just turn it – you know, someone can take the TV and change the channel, and you can just take the system away. And But, uh, you know, I don't know. 
I'm I, I'm sort of too TBD. Like I'm kind of waiting. You know, like all right, I've seen it. Looks cool. Now let's let's see that Zelda game in action, right? Let's uh, let's see how they market it. Let's see how what the hardware develops. What do you think? What, what are your guys' opinions? I mean, it's I, I, but I, I also have to say, for all those people who say Nintendo's dead, you know, you, you just wait because Nintendo's not going to die. Nintendo's not going to have Apple kick its ass. Nintendo is one of the best and brightest console manufacturers that was ever created, and I believe they'll come out come out strong. I'm not sure exactly how they're going to execute it, but I believe they'll they'll hmm. be there. hardcore in the next race. What was your opinion? Mr. Noah, please go right ahead. <laughs> I'm definitely right there with you, Doug, in that it, it just, I felt that the Wii U announcement was rather anticlimactic, and I was hoping just from the announcement that I was going to be sold and excited about the system as much as I was when motion controls were revealed for Wii, or even when Kinect was revealed for 360, where I'm like, wow, I can really see all the potential this has. I can't wait to try it out. I didn't feel that way with Wii U. And when I see tech demos that look like they came off of the Wii and then some trailers for games that are coming out before the Wii U will probably come out, it's just like I'm still very blasé about it and not really sure if I'm going to have enough the same amount of excitement for this system as I've had for previous Nintendo systems. Yeah, maybe it's more Darth Tyrannus than Darth Maul. I don't know. <laughs> You're just going to go with that Star Wars analogy <laughs> the whole way through, aren't you? No, I, I promise I won't torture you guys that much. I, I saw your, your, you know, your Jar Jar Binks uh, metaphor or analogy in your article, so I know you're yeah. going to do it again. Well, <laughs> maybe I'll who move the, on to Babylon 5. <laughs> who, were the, who were the sand people of this generation? Who were the Jawas? The Jawas are always the Japanese, no matter where you go. Oh. The shiny eyes. <laughs> <laughs> No comment. <laughs> I lived there for I lived there for a year, so I'm allowed to make fun of them. I love them to death. Oh, okay. Um, any rate, <laughs> I think for my money, it's the Xbox 360, hands down, no questions asked. That's the system that I think is really, at least for the first couple of years, they really, I think, set the agenda for everyone else, for N Nintendo to ignore and for Sony to try and emulate as much as possible. But Microsoft also. I think this generation, more than any other, it's been the most ambivalent. I think these all three of them have made the most mistakes than they've ever made before. <laughs> um, it's been a tough console system, hasn't it? Or console it, cycle, yeah. Ab absolutely. And the, the biggest thing for me, the thing that always gets me so pissed off is just the pricing. $400 for the 360, having two, multiple versions of it and having it be the, the most expensive being 400 I think was a huge mistake. I think there should have been only one version. It should have been 350, and that would have been that. Yeah. And now, like, even today, do you guys see the news of the PS3, the price drop by 50 bucks? Yep. This is the only time in the entire history of the industry that we've had price drops consistently at $50 every single time since, like, what, 2007? Well, didn't the PS3 drop $100 when the Slim came out? <laughs> um, They've dropped it, their price several times. <laughs> yeah. Because they were selling for $1,200, I think. It was like $700. <laughs> it was like six ninety nine when it came out, right? Or five yeah, the, the higher-end model of it was. It was just yeah. outrageous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then you have Microsoft, Nintendo both raising the prices of their systems with the Elite went up by $80 to $480. The, the DSi went up by, like, what, $50, was it, back up to $180? 
what in what industry on this planet would you raise the price of your of your like five year old model car <laughs> game, whatever? It just it makes no sense. I don't know. I mean, uh, uh, it doesn't make sense in the old scheme of things. But people are willing to pay different prices for different things, and I think Microsoft's right about that. I just think it does confuse people in the market, um, and uh, it, it's hard to keep track of. Like, it makes it more yeah. difficult to figure out which system you should buy. I think what's frustrating me most about Microsoft is creating a model that doesn't have a hard drive because yeah. the XBLA service is so integral to a, a premium or an ideal Xbox experience. Yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. So yeah. So when I was playing, uh, I, I played and finished Ellie Confidential. It's on three discs, and, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's on one Blu-ray. Yeah. So there's that. I. By the way, number two, who's failed the most? That's one of your questions we haven't gone on to, but I can answer that yeah. right now. Go right ahead. Uh, Sony, they failed the most. You think so? Uh, just. I, I think we can just move on after that. for me i would actually say that nintendo's failed the most because it's been too slow in reacting to the competition and fostering and really developing the new market it developed as well as keeping its hardcore gamers satisfied it's just like they started out with this huge fireworks show and now all they have left are a few sparklers and between the anticlimactic launch of 3ds and the anticlimactic reveal of Wii U. It's just like, were you guys really in the lead here in the handheld and the console <laughs> fields in this last generation? Whereas I think Sony definitely screwed up for years on end, but that the system's yeah. still kicking and that it's still got great exclusives coming to it and more and more people are finally buying into it now that the price is coming down to earth. That it, that it has longevity that Wii has just dropped off a cliff from. I feel like Sony has redeemed itself enough to not be the biggest failure. Well, Sony had the, the most to to uh, to lose, having been the, the sort of two-time champ on the previous consoles. Yeah. And, they, and as a company, it was certainly arrogant and very reactive, a reactionary. And I'm, I felt like it just got hammered. I mean, you compare, like, Call of Duty 2 on the Xbox 360 to the PS3, and one's just broken, and the other one's just beautifully. Um you know, uh, they've done a lot. They've done a lot of catching up. Sony has, right? I mean, they've had to. And I would say, um, with regard to your first question, you know, who's innovated the most? I have a hard time thinking that any one of these consoles is the best in design, because um, the Wii doesn't really look like anything. Uh, yeah. PS3 was just this shiny, lint, attractive attraction that to me looked like a fax machine. Um, <laughs> Xbox 360, I thought had a pretty cool design, but it was really loud. It broke all the time. Yeah, so, like nobody wins that. Just, definitely, you know, definitely nobody. Like nobody wins that one. But uh, in terms of advertising, I would say Sony. In terms of like, I think, I think their ads um, uh, have just you know the last year and a half. It does everything with their crazy spokesman. I mean, they those, most memorable for sure. Yeah. Funny. Like, here's a guy who looks like a, a kind of a dad businessman, and he's a he's a mascot, right? He's a funny comedic mascot. He is Sonic the Hedgehog in a business suit, and he is making fun of people, and he, he's just a mascot. And, but I want to see every single commercial that, that he does. So, that, and that's helped them greatly. Like that that advertising campaign helped Sony tremendously. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I have to agree, Sony ended up, I think, redeeming itself because of just the absolute stellar lineup of software it has, especially now, this year, and next year as well. Yeah. It's hard to beat. It really is hard to beat. It kind of leads into your next question, huh? Which system has consistently featured the best games? Good segue, huh? Yeah, hey. (laughs) That's me. Um, So it's interesting because it seems like um, there's no... There's no real winner in the exclusives uh, um, race. Like, everyone has some exclusives, and then everyone's sharing a lot of third-party games, right? Yeah. Microsoft made that a, a real a real um, goal to to take away the, the Ace Combats, the Final Fantasies, and the Devil May Cries, and make them Xbox games. And they succeeded. Um, but uh, I will say that um, I think... Nintendo's done some really interesting things, like you know, like the 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 Wii uh, the Wii Fitness and the Wii Sports. Um, even if not everyone likes those, and I and I would say Microsoft has really given us a lot of things that we expect. So Sony kind of wins in my mind for having the mo- like taking the most chances. Um, yeah. Sony really, I mean, on on, on Xbox you have the Halo series, right? Uh, you have Gears of War, probably one of the best-looking games in the system. You had Two Human. Anyway, moving on. Mass Effect. <laughs> hey, I like Two Human. Wake and Crackdown. But like, oh, and uh, Fusion Frenzy 2 and Viva Pinata. Um, <laughs> but but like the Q games, the Pixel Junk Pixel Junk series, just one of my favorite series of all times. Um, Uncharted 2 probably didn't take that many risks, but what a beautiful highly produced amazing game. Yeah. Um, Heavy Rain, Little Big Planet. They, they they took more chances and I think because that uh because of that I think there's more interesting games on the PS3. Yeah, I agree with that actually. Although I have to say the two exclusive games I've played the most hands down no questions asked are the first BioShock and uh Halo Wars oddly enough. I still to this day just tonight actually I was, I was playing it. Wow, really? I just something about that it's it's a simplified streamlined RTS. Perfect my little brain, my little Star Wars adult brain. I love oh. it. Wow, that's interesting. I mean, I've played more Xbox 360 games to be fair, but uh but like and the only, and here's my big I'll I'll admit this, okay? I played some pixel junk games, but the main reason I got a PS3 was for Uncharted. Because I know Amy Hennig I've worked with with her over the years. I love the Legacy of Kane series, and when she came out to do Uncharted, I was like, "Whatever she's making, I want it," and I'm getting the PS3 for that. And so I've spent most of my time playing her games on the system, and everything else, I'm like, "I'll just play that third-party game on my Xbox 360." Um, and the reason is, is because of um, game gamer score. Yeah, I have to admit it. <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm like, if I, you know, if I could pick one or the other, I'll, I'll, I'll just. Raise my gamer score, sure. Yeah. I mean, don't tell me you feel differently. No, I agree. That I, I would actually argue that that one thing right there, gamer score, that is the most innovative thing we've seen this generation. And it's just like an Amazon rating is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's glorified rating. So, so yeah, it's it is. Completely but it, consequential, but great. Yeah, yeah, of all the inconsequential trivial things, that one's – the thing where you're like, oh, well, I want to see what my friends have, and I want to beat them. 
Um, the rumble pack force feedback. I mean that how, how pointless and inconsequential that was, but that added so much immersion to games. Oh so my God. Yeah. Sometimes it's the little things I would argue. Wow. That reminds me of that giant three utter controller. And when you put the rumble pack on, it was just huge. It was so heavy. <laughs> three <laughs> so, That's great. <laughs> um, just to skip ahead by one to throw you guys off, I want to ask you, which company do you think, given all this ambivalence, which one do you think is in the best position for the next generation of systems? Uh, why don't you go first, Mark? Um, shit, you put me on the spot. Damn you. Oh, I'll go if you want. I have a <laughs> lack of words. Go ahead. <laughs> come back to you. Um, that's also a tough question. I mean, I, I mean... I, I keep asking this question, and I never really get an answer from anybody, but what will the next generation of consoles look like, okay? So we know what the Wii U is going to kind of look like, at least the controller, but not the hardware. But, like, if you're Microsoft, isn't it just going to be, like, this little box and everything's going to be kind of streaming, coming off the Internet, and our game's going to be all cloud games? I mean, mm-hmm. this next generation of consoles is be very complicated because everything has to also work on your phone, right, or a handheld um, because that's what everyone's playing. Like my, my four-year-old daughter knows how to play Plants vs. Zombies on my on my iPhone, but I'm not showing her anything on the Xbox 360, and a lot of kids are growing up without caring a hoot whether a game's on a 360 or a PlayStation because it doesn't matter um, anymore. As Well, it doesn't matter as much as it used to. So – you know who's best? I mean, uh, it's I, you got me seriously. Apple, I guess <laughs> you know Apple. Maybe, Apple. maybe Android. You know, like Google. Those guys are best. There's a Facebook. Like those guys are best. Mm-hmm. You know. Okay. It's, it's like you. You okay? So you've seen Nintendo's. You know, Wii U. Okay, cool. It's pretty neat. Let's see how that works. Right. Could be some great software there. We know that they're going to have great first-party lineup. Um, can't wait to see how it works. You know, what is Nintendo going to do online? Because that's always been an issue, right? Yeah. Um, Sony, they're going for the 10-year plan. Is that right? The 10-year plan for the PS3. So their next generation is really the Sony Move. Um, and then I don't know what the PS4 is going to look like at all, but. I think they're having – everyone's having a hard time figuring out what that next generation is going to be, and they're not ready for it. That's why the Move and the Connect came out because they're like, this is the thing we need to do now to extend this generation as long as we can. Hmm. What do you think, Noah? As Doug says, I don't think it's it's an easy question by any means. I kind of go back and forth between Microsoft and Sony in this case because I feel – Nintendo may be able to rely on Wii name name recognition, but it also may blow up in their faces with Wii U, and they have so much more to prove to hardcore gamers. The nostalgic gamers will be there, but hardcore gamers, the the rest of the market, I'm just not sure is going to be there. So it ends up being between Microsoft and Sony, and Microsoft really has a solid online strategy and maybe best position to evolve into more of a digital or streaming type delivery mechanism. 
Whereas Sony has so many great first and second party studios that it can have a lot of really great exclusives, which I felt it it benefited from in this last generation stuff to make it stand out from the pack. And it also has experience with doing on with doing an online hub and gamer community and distribution of software. But uh, it's like, so it's like, are the exclusives going to make it or is the ability to evolve quickly as Microsoft has demonstrated in this last generation going to make it? And so maybe from that perspective, getting back to what I started out in this episode about saying that Microsoft is the best at evolving and adapting to things quickly. I'll say Microsoft. Hmm. I'm tempted to say Star Wars. Say Star Wars. I'm tempted to say Star Trek. <laughs> Admiral Kirk. Uh, um, I think we've seen a lot of responsiveness this generation where Microsoft came out of the gate and they just basically aped everything Sony did. They they made everything a peripheral. They jacked the prices up with the peripherals, and they tried to make you spend as much money as possible so they can recoup their costs. And then Sony, ironically enough, aped everything Microsoft did with the first Xbox, where they tried to make everything into one unified system, the hard drives there, online's there, so on and so forth. And they also were very um, emulative of Nintendo right away, too, with the whole six-axis control bullshit. So I, I'm tempted to say whoever is the least responsive next generation will probably end up being the ones that um, will win my next innovative award in my, my, in my little head. I got a, I got a sort of um, meta question regarding what you're saying, Noah, which is you said something about trying to gain back Nintendo, trying to gain back its hardcore gamers. Like, I don't think it loses its hardcore gamers ever. You know, well, I, I, that's why I made like a point of delineating. Nintendo? I mean, I made a point of delineating between nostalgic gamers, so hardcore Nintendo fans, versus hardcore gamers in general. Okay. Well, there's a big crossover there, right? I mean, like people who've played their first games on the like Game Boy or the NES, there's N64. Once you become a Nintendo fan and you know what kind of great games they can make, you never forget it. And you always want to see a great new Nintendo game. So I feel like anyone who's experienced a great Nintendo game will always come back for more. And the hardcore gamers will too. Because, you know, hardcore gamers may not play Mario Party uh, or Twilight Princess, although I guess that's, you know, debatable. But they're going <laughs> to want to play that next. And I mean, Super Mario Galaxy and Galaxy 2 were pretty freaking awesome. Amazing. Yeah. Right? And, and, Everyone wants to play the next Zelda. Um, you know, everyone's interested, you know, most people are interested in, in playing a great um, Metroid game. So I feel like they have, an, or Donkey Kong, there's enough good stuff there. There's tons of stuff in their library and their annals to, to bring back, and then hardcore games will come. So I don't know you if you said it per se, but I've heard it mentioned many times before, and it kind of bothers me because it's like, People are like, oh, the hardcore gamers have left Nintendo and they'll never come back. <laughs> and I'm like, that's just bullshit, you know? They, they're going to come back as soon as there's a great Nintendo game, period. They may not play that system dominantly over the next generation, but they're going to go and they're going to buy that system. They're going to play it because you know when Nintendo makes a great first-party game, you want to you be there. You think so, that that would be true 
regardless of the price of the console, or would that have an impact in delaying people? Um, so far, Nintendo has always priced itself equal or below any of the other uh, its competitors. Yes. So I, I always feel like the price of Nintendo will be will be just fine for me. I would cool. be more like Sony and Microsoft that I worry about. Yeah. A, a 3DS, you know, signs 3DS, right? 3DS was a fuck-up price. <laughs> it was the Wii, actually. That Wii should have only been 200 like every other Nintendo system. Yeah. I, so, Mark, did you have a, a, a straight answer on who's in the best position for next-gen? I don't think there is a straight answer to that one, is there? <laughs> That's a <Right>. cop-out. <laughs> Um, I know my own personal instance. Um, uh, Nintendo was my dominant system with the NES, with the Super NES, of course. But once the PlayStation came around, the PlayStation, that was my dominant system I spent most of my time with. The N64, I, I played the shit out of Zelda, of course, and Mario and everything else, but I always went more to the PSX. Yeah. Um, the Xbox was my dominant system. The 360, I barely turn off. So I don't think Nintendo will ever be able, for me personally at least, I don't think they'll ever be able to recoup that spot. They'll never again be an NES or SNES for me. But that's fine. I don't, as long as I am able to get the games that Doug was just talking about, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. Hey, you guys didn't include on live. Is there a reason? I think that's going to be the next Neo Geo. <laughs> or the, what was that? The M2, the M4, whatever Masashita's M4. system yeah, Dreamcast. Is it, is it the next vir Virtual Boy? No, I don't think it's going to be that bad. <laughs> it's not going to cause health problems. <laughs> That's the 3DS, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, I kind of like my 3DS. I just wish there were better games on it. Oh, amen. In time. Yeah. Well, Nintendo has all of this calendar year, probably a full year period from March to March. They'll have a whole year to get their act together. That's... That's big. That's really, really big. So no, you know what you know we were talking about was like who in this generation who is is the best at adapting. Yeah, uh, I, I think that's a really good point for this next system, this next console cycle, whenever it is, one year or two years. Um, I, I think that's the the sort of the only tangible sort of element to knowing who's in the best position for the next generation. You know, if Microsoft was the best at adapting. Um, and Sony was the best at making up for lost ground. Um, then, and 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 Nintendo was the best at just doing something completely out of the blue. Um, and you know, the Wii U doesn't seem to be completely out of the blue and, and or shocking. I would say perhaps n n um, Microsoft is the best at is it sort of best placed to do well in the next generation because it really invested in its. Um, online infrastructure, and that will probably make a huge difference because they own it and they run it. Um, and they're integrating it into smartphones and everything else, too, whenever they yeah. can get with the yeah. Windows Phone system. And that's it's all about integrating all throughout your systems. You know, if you're going to want your Xbox Live, it should be on your phone, right? It should be on your computer. It should be on your Xbox 360. It should be on everything. And yeah. it looks like they're best prepared to do that. Definitely. Because I think this... the. You know, I'll go ahead and say I think the, the sort of key elements of the next generation will be, you know, um, all-encompassing integration, right, and making things mobile and connected, which is what they wanted to do this time. They wanted to make things connected, but this time it's 
you know, it's connected with your connect. It, it's a bigger set of connections, right? It's not just your computer and your Xbox 360, which we thought was crazy when they said it. But, you know, it's like 360 and your phone and whatever else system you have. Yeah. They don't, you know, too bad they don't have a handheld. Or or maybe it's good, I guess. Great. <laughs> I, I, if it's going to be the Zune, I don't want it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I remember hearing once, and correct me if I'm wrong, Doug, because I've never been able to find um, hard documentation to back this up. Uh, Bill Gates basically said, here's a blank check to you Xbox guys. Um, I'll give you three generations. The first is to take, have people take our name seriously. The second is to turn a profit. And the third is to become dominant. And if you guys don't do it by the end of the third generation, I'm pulling the plug. I've about- heard that. I, I think I've heard uh, I've heard the blank check from the beginning. Um, I've heard, uh, you know, the first – the Xbox was like a, a staging platform for the Xbox 360. And the Xbox 360, I think I think it was like a two-part uh, sort of statement where it was like, all right, you know, the Xbox is just our entry, you know. No one takes it seriously and no one gives it a hoot. And we did it, created this giant black box, that, you know, was indestructible. And uh, with a hard drive, and it never made any money. And and then the 360 really capitalized and made up for all the mistakes the first one had. Um, and, I mean, the, the, their goal was to beat Sony, which is the market leader. So I would say that they, they did that. But um, – and then Sony kind of made it easy for them. <laughs> By just being, you know – like I think in your article you kind of nailed it. You know they were arrogant, they were passive, they were just like we're Sony, we'll make a great system, everyone will buy it, and we'll sell millions. Um, uh, so uh, yeah, I mean I don't know where you read that. Did you read that on like NeoGaf or something? I've never been NeoGaf, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm giving you a hard time. <laughs> I almost uh, feel like I could. I almost feel kind of guilty that I haven't. <laughs> um. I think the, the 360 was the one that had to uh, do or die, and I think it's um, it has done. Definitely. Hmm. All right then. Noah, we should probably because we keep mentioning my article that I sent you guys. Maybe we should include a link to it someplace <laughs> in the article. We, should. we can. should. It's a good editorial as well. Thank you. Yeah. That's the first thing I ever wrote for Sam Bishop over at Total PlayStation. I'm uh, surprised it, you didn't ruin it. Oh. <laughs> I almost <laughs> it tricked him into thinking I was a halfway decent writer. It was a good trick. You did an awesome trick on him. Well, you know, he's too busy drinking in the corner. So <laughs> anyway, I love Sam Bishop. He's a great guy. He is. I gave him the biggest bear hug when I finally met him a couple weeks ago, and I, it was right in the middle of the IGN offices. I scared the shit out of him, and um, <laughs> Kate Lynch and everyone else just kind of looked like, what the hell are these little homoerotic guys doing in the corner? <laughs> but my wife was there, so it made me legitimate. <laughs> so, Mark, well, before we wrap up, did you want to address your last question that we haven't gotten into, or do you feel like we've addressed it tangentially? Um. I think it has been addressed sufficiently. Um, I know we're running almost, what, twice as long as we normally go? We are. <laughs> um, Doug, Noah, also, if you guys have anything you want to say about um, motion controls, downloadable content, music games, anything at all that you think has been the, the X factor 
in this generation, please, by all means, go ahead. And then if not, I think we've we've rounded our bases. You got, no, you want to go first? Sure. I will say for the biggest wild card this generation, these are all really great suggestions, motion controls, DLC, the music genre becoming big and then going away. For me, I'm going to go with motion controls because it impacted the most games because it was a requirement on Wii and it was emulated on PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360. That had that much of an impact and that it's built into handhelds going into the future and and phones. I think that's a pretty clear indicator. Yeah, um, we're we're so civil and nice and agreeable with each other. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I think the, the, this generation started off with uh, with um, software services um, being the wild card. You know, Xbox Live being the wild card, and, yeah. and the, the rise of the, the digital marketplace. And that kind of blew everyone away. And Sony, I mean, all everyone was like, "Holy shit, we got to get on there!" And it took a while for them to figure it out. Um, and they have now. Um, and then you know, Nintendo came out with motion controls, and that completely changed the game. So that to me was the biggest uh, wild card because now you have you know, Androids and smartphones like the iPhone, and their their motion controls, right? Their their touch sensitive screens that that play games. So. You know that's that's been the thing that's kind of changed everything and is making everyone scratch their head for this next generation. Yeah, it's exciting, Mark. isn't it? <laughs> what do you say? What's your opinion, Mark? Um, I choose e. Star Wars. All of the above. Oh, <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars has been the greatest wild card. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, LucasArts has been a wild card in that it has just disappeared this generation. I will, I will just go ahead and say that. Like, where the hell is LucasArts? Like, how many Lego games are you going to fucking make? <laughs> what happened to Indiana Jones? What happened to all those awesome physics games? Oh, God. Yeah, that looked really cool, didn't it? They just Good dominated. Indeed. Maniac Mansion, I want that back. I want, well, that flavor of... um. Dare I say, innovation again. And I don't know if you guys got a chance at E3 to play Star Wars Connect, but um, that game is the most dumbed-down game I've ever played, except for (laughs) Disney Connect Adventures, which was also a really dumbed-down game. That's sad, because like Mark, I'm a huge Star Wars geek, and just seeing the videos of that game, I'm like, I know it's going to disappoint me. I know it's going to be cheesy, but I'm so into Star Wars. I have to play that. That might get me to buy a Connect if the Connect ever drops in price. But... Yeah, yeah, if. <laughs> yeah, just <is> big if. <laughs> you'll you'll buy it because you like Star Wars, and then you'll be very sad. <laughs> and I'll be returning my Connect and my Star Wars game to Best Buy or GameStop or somebody to to resell it. <laughs> um, I just played uh, Rise of Nightmares, and um, it's basically House of the Dead. But uh, it's called Rise of Nightmares for the Kinect. And if it weren't on the Kinect, it would be a horrible game. But actually, it's really entertaining. And my friends, it's the stoner game. I kind of, I kind of think that's probably one of the most entertaining Kinect games I've, I'm, I've, I've played on the system after Dance Central. Yeah. I guess that's not saying much either, really. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't have one. I probably will not buy one for a very long time until it's sanely priced. But it's funny 
I watch all these videos and E3 announcements and whatnot, and the things that get me the most excited about Connect are waving my hands around like an idiot to move between menus, <laughs> or to say Xbox. Stop. <laughs> that, that stuff is like okay, that's kind of cool. That, that's that, kinda that cool. is most exciting in my opinion too. <laughs> Basic yeah. user experience improvements, but huge. I don't want to play a game with no controller. I, I really, I was really open to it at first, but the more I started thinking about it, and then no, actually I started to see these games come out, it's like, yeah, I'm not interested in the slightest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Besides, um, what's that Res game? It looks just like Res, and it plays Child like... Child of Eden? That's Child it. Eden. Oh, we should have talked about that. Yeah, that's awesome. That game's really fun. I really want to play that game with a controller. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But then but it would just be yeah. Res again. Exactly. <laughs> that's the point yeah i, love I loved res <laughs> uh actually it makes your arms really tired you're just like oh, God, i gotta stop my arms it makes you feel weak <laughs> i bet if you're a director of an orchestra or or something that maybe wouldn't be that challenging but i, I can understand what you're saying i'd figure it'd be exhausting yeah that's a good that's a good one director of orchestras will not get tired while playing this <laughs> <laughs> Did I cheer- oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Doug. Cheerleaders and guys uh, at, like, you know, construction sites where they're waving you over with flags. Those three sets of people, they're all going to do really well with that game. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> do you think that's like that was in Microsoft's business meetings? Like, who should we market to connect to? Cheerleaders. Yeah. Cheerleaders. Cheerleaders sell video games. Mr. Mosquito. <laughs> and orchestra leaders. Yep. <laughs> yes. Nintendo thinks they're crazy and after a while, we've got them beat. <laughs> they're going to market grandmas and people in work and, <laughs> and, and kids and their families. We've got, we got you beat. No one, no one knows who we're going to market this to. <laughs> but it, it seems more sane, though, because you can say Xbox, play. And, it, you know, people are like, oh, okay, it works. I see. That makes sense. <laughs> Well, thank you very, very much for staying up so late and at your office for this podcast. Uh, I really That's appreciate it. Don't forget. Yeah. <laughs> we'll remind you about that one. <laughs> uh, so thank you for having me. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, very civil conversation. I'm, I'm surprised I was expecting it to come to blows. Next time, we'll do it in San Francisco. We'll go back to Eddie Rickerbockers. We'll go in the corner. And uh, Sam Kennedy can make faces at us as we all start drinking. I'll drink my Mountain Dew, thank you. And uh, <laughs> then we'll come to blows, Doug Perry. Could, could very well. <laughs> and then there we can hug it out afterwards. Yeah. With Over Mountain Dew. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I never finished your beer. I've I've never once been drunk in my entire life. I'm not a drinker. Well, I just want you to know I think it's brave of you to continue the um, extreme, uh, you know, extreme sports drink. Um, bring that forward. I think that's awesome. You're a radical guy. Matt and Dew Halo flavor. That's that's <laughs> that is my favorite. I love that flavor. <laughs> you know, I have the um, I have the Xbox. I have the Halo Honor the Code Mountain Dew box here on my desk, and it's got a Halo flavor Gatorade. Do you know really? that? No. Yeah. I haven't right. tasted it because I don't really want to know what it tastes like. But um, yeah. There's like orange and green and blue, and this is like, yeah. super, uh, like Master Chief flavor. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> just just going to leave it there in that box. I'm not going to touch it. <laughs>
I still have my can of Mountain Dew with Qui-Gon Jinn on it, unopened, from 12 years ago. Wow. Yeah. I bet you. I, I wonder. I, I wonder how long. How you gonna, how long gonna keep that before you drink it? Um, until my wife kicks me out, and then I'll have no recourse but to drink it. I'll be crying like I'm sorry, Qui Gon. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I only have a few things left: my Mortal Kombat bookcases or this Qui Gon drink. Which should I keep? Oh, <laughs> my uh, my Mario pajamas. I'll keep those. <laughs> Do those have a hood, like a Mario face hood on? <laughs> Tanuki suit, yeah. <laughs> okay, I want that. I seriously want that now. <laughs> That's not creepy at all. <laughs> I'll wear it to the bar for our next podcast. No, <laughs> I, I will not go to that bar. <laughs> no, if you wear Mario, that's fine. But if you wear a Luigi, a Luigi suit, now that's creepy. That'll be really creepy. <laughs> But if I did, Noah could be Professor E. Gad. The only thing that you can say is, Mario, where are you? Mario, hello? Okay, on that note. <laughs> yeah. You're way off track. Yes, yeah, so listeners, if you would like to send any feedback, send it into airship at nintendoja.com or leave us comments over on the website. Thank you very much for listening. And thanks again to Doug. Yes, thank you, Doug, very much. Thanks, guys. That was a lot of fun. And now for some quick credits. The music used in this podcast comes from Overclocked Remix, a not-for-profit website dedicated to the video game music remixing community. You can check the site out at www.ocremix.org. Here are the specific songs we use in the production of this show. Our introduction uses the remix Phoenix Symphonic, created by remixer Grey Lightning. The original track is The Airship, from Square's NES classic Final Fantasy IV. The original composer was Nobuo Oimatsu. Our transition features the remix Space Orchestral from Remixer McVaffey, based on Kraid's Chamber from Nintendo's NES classic Metroid. The original composer was Hirokazu Tanaka. If you like these remixes, you can download more at www.ocremix.org and find many of the original game soundtracks for purchase at Amazon.com or iTunes. Additionally, many of the games mentioned are available for purchase on Wii or 3DS's virtual consoles or at retail stores. Once again, thanks for listening to Airship Travelogs, a Nintendojo podcast. Be sure to check out the site's original podcast, Dojo Shoko.